2: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever, wherever you're listening to or watching this. This is the awesome NHL DFS strategy show. I am your host today, Michael Clifford. The regular host, Jake Harry, had to go open a top shot pack, so he's taking the day off. Um, And oh, actually, he lost power, so I'm stepping in for him today. Uh, Joining me is, uh, I usually have a lot of superlatives to throw his way, but this was coming together at the last minute, so I'll just say we have Mr. Josh Harris here with us today. How are you doing today, Josh?
1: Not as good as Jake. Not as good as my brother. They both got Top Shot packs. Uh, my brother pulled a number five Giannis metallic. So if you want that, get in my DMs.
2: I'll give you a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you heard it there from Josh. Uh, maybe he can be the broker between you and his brother for uh, that uh, Top Shot moment. So uh, hopefully, anybody out there that was waiting for a pack got theirs. If you didn't get yours, there's going to be more days. Uh, coming up very soon uh, to get those packs so uh, enough top shots for now anyways at least probably till the next NHL show Um, we're here to take you through a three-game slate but before uh, we do that if you could please hit us with a like and subscribe it'll help us grow the channel help us get to the top of the algorithm it just really helps us a lot uh, especially where it comes to bringing this almost on a daily basis now um so if you could just throw us a thumbs up that'd help us a lot uh last night (sighs) tough one last night was a tough one I actually I'll say I pulled out a small profit and I will take that and completely run considering how much Jack Eichel I had Jack Eichel was obviously a scratch right after warm-ups which was right after lock which means a lot of people got screwed on him uh Josh you're nodding your head uh you were one of those people weren't you (laughs)
1: Yeah, I had Jack Eichel and Linus Allmark in my lineup. Allmark, I heard at the end of the first, making a diving save. He came out after that. I was (laughs) caching the whole night until the McDavid empty net goal with Eichel and Allmark. Kind of stings the nostrils. I wish I didn't log in to see I was caching because I just assumed I wasn't, but that's a tough one. But tonight's another night. This is a nice little three-gamer. Got some of our favorite spots. I don't know, you know. How much, how much more times we can tout Jeff Carter and still have jobs, available <laughs> we <We'll find out. laughs>
2: Yeah, that's very true. Uh, we're pro- we're going to have to talk about it again, which is kind of the funny thing, but um, that's what happens when you only had three games. There were a couple games canceled today uh, for COVID protocols, so we are down to a three-game slate. Uh, before we jump into those games and before uh, we get into the review of last night, uh, we have a question in chat, and it's actually a good question. Because uh, you know we we talk about defensemen um, when we go through each and every game, but we don't really talk about like our process for picking defensemen. So like you know tonight we can tell you we like Drew Doughty, uh, but that doesn't mean Drew Doughty's our number one defenseman or that we think he's the best value on the slate. Like you know when we have a lot of games, we can only, we we have to be as concise as possible. So um, now that we don't, we can kind of expand on that a little bit. I'll just start with my process. My process is basically. Like I very rarely have three, three forward stacks with two broken defensemen. So quite often I will have at least one defenseman stacked in with my forwards. Most often it's a power play defenseman, but if it's not, I'll usually just dump down to somebody super cheap. Like um, if I'm stacking Carolina one, for example, they're on today's slate. I'm just saying, for example, uh, if I'm stacking the Carolina top line, uh, I probably won't have a lot of Jacob Slavin or Brett Pesci with him, right? Like I would, it would either be Dougie Hamilton or I'm going to dump way down to like Jake Gardner or Jake Bean or something like that. Um, I don't uh, particularly, you know, hate the idea of going to like a Slavin or a Pesci in that situation. Um, I just think uh, in that scenario, you either want as much correlation as possible, which would be Dougie Hamilton in the top power play unit, or you want to save as much money as possible, um, because those top stacks are usually pretty expensive. So like almost always I'll have a rule, uh, in DraftKings where if you use, uh, a three of, you know, a, a two man or three man forward stack that I have, you know, a defenseman has to go with them. Uh, and then usually I'll have a one-off defenseman. Uh, not always, sometimes it ends up being a one-off four, but I'll have a one-off defenseman. Sometimes I correlate with the goalie. Sometimes I don't, um, I try to correlate with the goalie as much as I can. Um, but if I don't have to, like last night I had some broken hella Bucks, I had some broken Linus Allmark's because I just didn't like the, the defense uh, the defense that was available for them. So I just took the goalie and went with the solo goalie. <laughs> Obviously it didn't work out with Allmark, but that's just kind of the way it goes. So that's what I do. I usually correlate at least one defenseman with a stack um, and then usually have a one-off. Uh, I very rarely go three defensemen in the lineup, but I think on a smaller slate, um, like today with three games, I think it's viable. Um, just in general, not saying for this specific slate, I think, you know, smaller slates, double defensemen or three defensemen, um, double, double defensemen from the same team or three defensemen in your lineup, uh, is viable. So what's your process there? How do you, cause you're a one, you're typically a one to three lineup guy, So you really have to narrow down your defensemen through the day.
1: Yeah. So I have a similar process. So like I either like I'll go 4-3-1 with my one off being a, a defenseman, but or I'll power play stack like I did last night. And I like, I'll take my top line that I like, I want to put in their power play quarterback. And then, um, so the only way like I won't do that or I put in the power play quarterback for the top line, I'll either put like, so like if I was using Edmonton, like I'll use Edmonton one, for example, like if I, we'll just say Darnell nurse is cheaper than Tyson Barry by like 500. If I, if I could not get to Berry, I don't mind using nurse there just because of his peripherals, but I generally try to take my top line and get their power play quarterback in. Now, if I can't, because I'm trying to fit in, um, two, I'm trying to like jam together two lines that I really like. and I need to punt defenseman. If I'm going to use punt defenseman, there's two things I look for in punt defenseman. One, they get some power play two time. And two, if they don't get power play time, they need to be able to block shots. I just don't want to punt a guy just for the sake of punching a guy because he's 2,500 and he doesn't really do anything. Like if I'm going to go down really cheap, I want someone who's going to be live to get the block shot bonus or seize like a little bit of time on power play two. So that's really what I do. Like I'm with you. I don't really put three defensemen in a lineup. Uh, too often but I think this is a night you could if you want to get a little bit different Um, and then uh, if I do that like the third defenseman generally is a power play quarterback or someone with a very high
2: floor yeah I the power play quarterback I think this year especially is a very important point right because five on five scoring is actually down a little bit but power play scoring is up so naturally, there's going to be more power play points available for defensemen. So if you're relying a lot on that five on five scoring, you're probably going to have a bad time. So you're right; you get you need the power play quarterback or those block shots. Block shots are are very important, and it's it's why we talk about the Matt Irwins of the worlds because when Matt Irwin gets 20 or 21 minutes, it puts that block shot uh, right firmly uh, in his radar. So good stuff there from Josh. I appreciate that. Um, it picking defensemen. Like it's, it's very important. Like, I, I think some people just focus too much on the forwards. Like the, the defenseman and your goalies is often will often make or break your slate. Um, you know, there's, a <laughs> you can pick uh, two great lines, but if you're, de- if your goalie and defenseman don't work out, you're still going to end up probably 30 points behind first place. So um, do put a little bit of thought into them, but that's why we're here. We're here to help you pick your defenseman. Um so we're going to jump into these games, but before we do, I'd like to remind everybody that we currently have a college basketball promo running right now, just in time for March Madness. Our college basketball DFS projections are now behind a paywall, and you can access those for half off the first week when you use the promo code College. It's four dollars and ninety eight cents for your first week of college basketball DFS. This, val- this offer is valid through Sunday, February the 28th. So head on over to Osmo.com, promo code COLLEGE, if you want half off your first week of Osmo College Basketball DFS. All right. We have to get to these games at some point, so let's jump right here into the first one. Uh, we have the Boston Bruins with a 3.0 implied goal total going into New York to face the Rangers. The Rangers have a 2.5 Implied goal total. Artemi Panarin uh, still out for the Rangers, dealing with his off ice issues. The guys on the COVID list, uh, Kako and Keandre Miller. Now they're not they're not out for sure tonight. Like they're, when you're on the COVID list, it's a day to day thing, and once you get enough negative tests back in a row, you're allowed back on the ice. So. We're assuming that Miller and Kako are both out for tonight, um, but it's not a guarantee. Just always be aware of those COVID list things. They, you know, they could show up off the list um, at 6 p.m. Eastern and you know be in the lineup at 7 p.m. Eastern. It, I think it happened in Winnipeg earlier this year with Nick Ehlers. So uh, just something to keep in mind there. Uh, so we have Boston going into New York. The New York Rangers, they're ostensibly missing uh, Kako and Miller. And, of course, Jacob Truba is still out. Um, the, the Boston Bruins got uh, the hell beat out of them last night uh, the, uh, the New York Islanders of all teams put up a seven spot on Yaroslav Halak So two goes tonight, Alexander Gorgiev for the Rangers uh, This looks like a lopsided matchup on paper But we only have six teams to pick from tonight So uh, why don't you talk about your Rangers here first Let us know if you like anything there And then uh, hit on the Bruins after that
1: Okay, so Philip Heedle is also off the list, but I don't think he's going to be playing tonight because he had a nagging injury too. He's yeah, gonna, that's
2: right. They said he's going to take some time to ramp up he's
1: been for a month. He's, I mean, it's going to be good when he comes back because they need to center depth badly. But anyway, getting to the Rangers, <laughs> Kreider coming off a hat trick. Um, He's streaky. So when he's scoring goals, I think you can put him in your lineup and he's still 4,600. I think he might be a pretty popular one-off. I mean, that second line correlates power play one completely. They're going to avoid Bergeron for the most part, I would imagine. Uh, They're going to get the second line of the Bruins, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, Nick Ritchie, which is, you know, they're, they're pretty good defensive line. Like Coyle and Ritchie have a, they're pretty good defensive numbers, but it's not like they're going up against Bergeron, who is just like a big no-no for me. So, I mean, if, if you want to take stabs on a fully correlated power play line, I think that's where you can go for the Rangers. If you want to play the Rangers one, like, I'm personally off them. Like, if you want to put in and Jan for a power play stack, that's cool. But um, I'm kind of like at a crossroads what to do with them, just because, like, they're going to see Bergeron for the most part. But their only good defenseman, Adam Fox, is going to be on the ice in that matchup. So, like, I think I'm leaning towards completely just fading Rangers one. I just, even though it's a short slate, it's like Bergeron's in the top three of centers I don't want to attack. Like, if you want to have some Mika for a power play stack, you want to one-off Lafreniere for 2900 um, I, I guess it's okay like I'm, I'm grasping at straws here for on a short slate on this top line but for the Rangers side uh for me it's this second line I would imagine they'd cry get some ownership for sure um if you want to get different with that second line you know full stack him with Colin Blackwell uh put in Adam Fox for four-man power play or you can uh, like leave Blackwell off and Put in Mika, but it, then you're getting into like a price point where it's going to be hard to fit the Bostons, the Colorados. So if you're okay with fading those two big lines tonight, I think you can do some things with the Rangers. Um, and on the Bruins side, like looking at the Awesome-O top Stacks tool, like there is massive, massive leverage on the Bruins tonight because for one, uh, the Avs top line is $2,300 cheaper. So people are going to gravitate towards them. Uh, it's a similar matchup. Like the, we'll get there, but like the Coyotes aren't a very good team. Like the Rangers, without without True, but without Miller, it's just you, you're going into like Jack Johnson and Bieto, and it's just a mess. But like the Bergeron line is going to get the Fox pairing for sure, and that's like a that's a downgrade when you're facing the Rangers. The problem that I'm running into here is the Mika line with Lafreniere and Bucinovic have been bad defensively like they have been high event bad defense 17 high danger chances against per 60 it's a 30 minute sample but like they haven't like maybe it comes down a little bit but they've been really bad defensively so the way to get different playing boston one tonight is using the full stack because we've seen it on these short slates that brad marshans always always half the ownership of poster and bergeron so like you want to full stack them if you're going to use it like all these elite lines. I, I try to say it every time I can, you don't want to leave someone off an elite line. If you, if you, if you can't afford to do it, like you want to put them all in there. So if I'm using Boston, I'm using all of them. Um, or like I'll, I'll swap in Nick Ritchie just to save the power play correlation there. And I'm going to try to get them in with Charlie McAvoy, which is really tough but it's possible because I was fooling around with uh, putting in Colorado one with Posternak. Like there's, there's, there's possibilities tonight. So you just have to be aware. Like if it fits too easy, you're like, well, it's probably going to be dupe. So for me, I'm going to be, I'm probably going to be heavier on the Bruins tonight than the Avs, just because of ownership. Like they're going to be lower owned. The Rangers top line is bad defensively. Yeah. They're going to see Fox, but like if, the Rangers PK is not great. Like there's just a lot of things going for the Bruins tonight in terms of owners. They're coming off a game where they got absolutely pasted. So like it might be in people's minds like, Oh, you know, I'm going to the Aves tonight because they're seeing a, they're seeing Aiden Hill and the, and the coyotes. Now I also don't mind doing something like a little, I know the power, second power play, the Bruins doesn't get much ice time, but like if you want to throw in a cheap combo of like coil, Craig Smith, DeBrus, Craig Smith, I think that's a, a nice way to get, uh, some leverage against the Rangers as well, because they're going to get the depth of the Rangers. They're not going to see Fox. They're going to see the Jack Johnsons. They're going to see the Bietos. They're going to see, I don't even, Brandon Smith. Like, it's, it's just a mess. So, like, I think, you know, these depth, the depth of the Bruins tonight is, an, is a nice way to get some low ownership and a high ownership game.
2: Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought up the depth from the Bruins, because I'm going to echo your sentiments that I'm pretty out on Rangers one tonight, like going into that, like the Rangers, like Lafreniere and Sabanajad have terrible numbers together this year. Like 35% expected goal share together. <laughs> like Buchnevich is good, but he's not good enough to drag that lineup to respectability going up against Bergeron. Like, I'm sorry. So um, I would say if I was going to, like, I'm not in on the Rangers tonight at all. Um, I would say if I was going in on the Rangers, it would be some sort of power play stack because the Bruins do have a really good penalty kill. Uh, but they do take a fair, they're well above average uh, taking penalties. So you know if the Rangers can get four power plays in this game, you know maybe they can score on one of them and then get an even strength goal to help you out. So um, you know it would be focusing on that second line like you were talking about strong, Blackwell and Crider and then mixing in some Savantage with them uh, just to get that power play correlation. That's what I would do with the Rangers tonight, but I'm not in on them like, there's just too many injuries here. There's literally one guy on the on the blue line who can move the puck. Like I'm just I just don't have a a, a whole lot of faith that they're going to generate offense against one of the best defensive teams in the league. Like, and I know our ownership kind of reflects that, but we our latest ownership run still has Mika's advantage at over twenty percent. Like I get it's a three game slate, but you know, 20 to 25% Mika Zabenjak going up against Patrice Bergeron. I wouldn't even do, I probably wouldn't even do that on a showdown slate. So like I'm definitely not doing it on a three gamer. Um, you know, now that I say all this, it feels like he's going to Pavel Zach and go and put up a three point night here tonight. So, uh, if it happens, it happens, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm out on the Rangers. I love the Boston top line here tonight. I, I, it doesn't matter if it's the spanish headline line or the strong line. Like, I feel like Boston one's going to run them over. Um, their last – the Rangers' last game, uh, they were at home to New Jersey. They didn't really line match. And it was their game – It was I think it was their first game without Kreider. Like, their first home game without Cr- – or not Kreider, Panarin. Uh, maybe I'm mistaken on that. But uh, he wasn't in the lineup. Uh, and they basically didn't match. So – uh, one way or another, uh, Boston's going to get a good matchup here tonight, uh, whether it's against the forward line or whether it's against that that defense, because Adam Fox can't be out there every single minute, even though as hard as they might try. I'm glad you brought up Jake DeBrusque because Boston three is what's really catching my eye out of this game. Like, obviously, Boston one is catching my eye. Uh, like I'm going to stack them. But Jake DeBrusk and Anders Bjork have really good numbers going back a couple of years now. Um, when they're on the ice, they've typically played with David Krejci. Um, but when they played down the lineup without David Krejci, we're looking at 2.6 expected goals for per 60 minutes, which is well above average. Uh, 55.6% expected goal share, which is great. Um, they're going to go into that Rangers third line, which is so, a tr- like, I can't explain how bad they are. Like, Brendan Lemieux is well below average defensively. And Brett Howden, there's a legitimate argument he's the worst defensive center in hockey. So,
1: be in the NHL.
2: Yeah, exactly. He probably sh- – he would be in the AHL if, if Filippito was here, probably. Um, so, like, I have no respect for that Rangers third line whatsoever. I think Nebraska Bjork and Studnika are going to run them over – so, if you want to – you know, I think this is a decent spot to onslaught stack, honestly. Um, you know, we have Minnesota and Los Angeles, is and then next game, like, Minnesota can be a high-scoring team. And then, of course, we have Colorado later. But uh, if we came out of tonight's slate with Boston scoring six goals and no other team having more than three, like, I would not be the least bit shocked. So, uh, an onslaught hit stack for Boston here, which is like a – Do you have any interest in – Yeah, it's frozen on my, sh- on my.
1: Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee, chat.
2: <laughs> Can you guys hear us talk out there? Okay. Uh, yeah, there's just uh, some cheap defensemen. Uh, on this slate, like in this game? I think the one I'm going to is Zaboral. Is there anybody else that's kind of catching your eye on this one?
1: Hi. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Zaboral for sure. I saw some people in chat. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Who's playing with McAvoy?
2: Vakanainen?
1: Vakanainen, right? So I've seen people are like, oh, I want to play Vakanainen tonight. The problem I have with him, his, he doesn't shoot enough. But if you want to put him in for 3,100 on the top pair with his minutes – I guess that's okay, but not enough shots on goal for me. Zaboral is probably the guy I w- I'll go to. Rangers side, you look at these min price guys like Jack Johnson and Anthony Bieto on power play too. Like, just kill
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel bad for so so bad for Pavel Bouchnevich. He's yeah. got Brendan Lemieux, Jack Johnson, and Anthony Bieto on the power play. <laughs> like, oh
1: <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here? Just just call up. They have some guys. Just call up. Like, they're not in. The, they're not in the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. Send these guys to Siberia and just like let's play the kids.
2: Yeah. So, so I mean, well, like I'm off
1: outside of Fox. I'm off on all the Rangers defensemen.
2: Yeah, I get. I'm with, I'm kind of with you. Like Ryan Lindgren plays a ton of minutes, but they're the emptiest minutes that you'll ever see in your life. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like I'm not. I'm not stuffing McAvoy with my Boston one. Like I wouldn't hate if people did that, but I'm probably going to dump down to Zaborl, uh in, in the Boston one lineups where I use a defenseman, either goalie, like Shisterkin should face, you know, a fair amount of volume, but of course, you know, a fair amount of volume <laughs> against the Boston Bruins uh, could be bad, but man, $6,600 on DraftKings. Like, what do you do?
1: So I was fooling around with Colorado one Pasternak before the show. And the only way to really make that work is have Yorgiev in that 6,600. Like, you hope he sees, like, 45 shots and he he gives in 5 we he'll have, like, a positive score. Um, So I don't mind taking some stabs on Yorgiev um, in GPPs, but, like, it's it's not great.
2: Yeah, and, like, I I think he could end up fairly popular, too, because 6,600, like, you can put in call one and then put in – you know, a 6,600 goalie, and you still have 22,000 left for a stack uh, in your defenseman. So, like, I could see the Georgiev in Colorado one being popular.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd rather go to uh, Peterson or Quick, whoever really starts for the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you need the savings, it's fine. Like, he's going to get shell tonight. Like, it's a fact, but he might give up six or seven goals. So, like, buyer beware.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely buyer beware anytime you go up uh, against the Boston Bruins. Okay, I think we're probably good for that game. Um, let me ask, I just wanted to mention uh, before we move on, uh, the latest ownership run has Boston 1 coming down a lot and Colorado 1 up a lot. We have Col- We have uh, three Colorado players uh, above 33%, uh, McKinnon over 40%, Uh, Bergeron down at 21, Pasternak 21, Marchand under 20. So there's a good chance, like right now we have Brad Marchand at half the ownership rate of Nathan McKinnon. So uh, it seems like if you want to go with an expensive stack, Boston's probably the way to go tonight. Uh, All right, let's get to that next game. We're going to have to do it again. We're going to have to talk about Jeff Carter for the third time this week. Uh, We have uh, the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, currently sporting a 2.4 implied goal total going into Minnesota with a 3.1 implied goal total. Now we talk a lot about line matching here. Uh, it, we find it very important uh, and our, our viewers and readers found it important as well. Um, we assume that the Joel Erickson, line, Erickson, Fiala and Greenway will go up against the Kopitar from Los, Kopitar line from Los Angeles. But the thing is, is is Minnesota hasn't been at home for four weeks. This is their first home game in four weeks. Uh, and the last time they are at home, Joel Erickson-Eck was down on the third line, and for like a season and a half, they'd used him and Marcus Foligno and whomever, you know, Ryan Hartman or whomever, uh, on the third line as the shutdown line, which means that they would have gone into Anze Kopitar tonight. But obviously that line's not together anymore. Joel Erickson-Eck is on the top line. Marcus Foligno's on the third line. I, like, I'm assuming that Joel Eriksson-Eck is, is going to go up against Anze Kopitar. Are you assuming the same thing here? Yeah. Um. I mean, if the coach, like, looks at
1: any advance, advanced stats, like, yeah, he probably should put that line against Kopitar because, like, if he thinks, like, Foligno is going to go out there with Parisi and Hartman and try to shut down Kopitar, they're just going to get, they're going to get run over. Like, you have and Eriksson-Eck and Greenway, um and Fiala have some good offensive numbers they're not the best defensively it's still a small sample we need that to come up a bit it's pretty high event each way so like <laughs> these lines that it kind of takes me out on the Minnesota side you know what I mean but I would not have paused to go to LA one tonight just because they're pretty high event that Erickson line.
2: yeah and you talk about being Colorado or Minnesota one being high event. Um, I'm just looking through their recent games, like at Colorado, at San Jose, um, at Anaheim. You know, Colorado's good defensively, but San Jose and Anaheim are not. So it's you know maybe it's not surprising to see them trade uh, some chances.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen for me. Like I think the biggest part that we're going to take away from this game is we need to talk about both second lines here and maybe even Minnesota three, like the, the Hartman Felino Parisi line, but the dog, I'll start with the Minnesota second line because I, they're definitely going to be the most popular filler tonight. And uh, I think there's a couple of reasons why I'm going to fade them. One Matt Zuccarelli's price has jumped way up. He was like, what? 2,900, two games ago. Now he's 4,700. Yeah, Victor Rask is 2,900 and Kaprizov, Kaprizov is 4,400. But like you were alluding to me before the show, they didn't see any power plays sign last game. So,
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.
1: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky?
1: i don't want to play victor rask like i like Matt grel as a player i watched him a lot when he was on the rangers he's one of my favorite rangers but like 4700 with like ownership as the most popular filler i'm gonna fade them so like for me la2 is the spot, is the spot i'm going to again and and i think you can full stack this line because adrian kempe's price has come down um He's, 30, he's under 4,000. He's on the top power play. Velarde's 3,000. Carter's 4,300. So, like, the line's barely over 10,000 as a whole. You get top power play time with Kempe. You get power play two with Velarde and Carter. They're going to avoid the Erickson neckline. They're going to get more than likely, for the most part, they're going to see that popular filler line in Rass, Zucrow. And they just, you know, again, ah. p- whoa, lock in LA two. We got the dogs barking. Oh,
2: there we go. Dogs are barking. LA two. Um it's
1: yeah, so like you look at this small sample of Minnesota two defensively, like they're giving up they have a three point three eight expected goals against per sixty, and they have thirteen high danger chances against per sixty. So for me it's LA two. I'm gonna be under the field for sure. Minnesota two and I'll have some of that top line for LA, but I'll gonna be fading Minnesota top line as well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Back to Los Angeles, too. They're actually getting up to a workable sample now. Um, We're up to nearly 70 minutes uh, with Velarde, Kempi, and Carter this year. Uh, 1.9 expected goals, 4 per 60, which is about league average, maybe a little bit under. That's not super great. But they're controlling the play. Nearly 52% expected goal share, which is not something that uh, Jeff Carter has done a lot over the last couple of years. So it seems like Kempi and Velarde are, are really giving him uh, kind of a, a second kick at the can here. Uh, but before we break down, before I break down that side, Minnesota, yeah, I wanted to jump on the Minnesota power play, because it's a, it's an important point to bring up. Bring up Their top power play last game was the top line, uh, the Erickson-Eck line with Fiala and Greenway, uh, playing with Dumba and Brodine, and then their second power play was the third line, Herman, Felino, and Parise, playing with Spurgeon and Suter. Now, it's not to say that the Felino Hartman line is the lock second power play unit. Cause for one, I can't imagine that they're going to keep Capriz off completely off the power play and two Minnesota two got uh, like 20 seconds of power play time in the last game, but then they took a penalty and got yanked off. So, you know, maybe it's some sort of disciplinary move or maybe they wanted to reward the third line at the time, but I'm going to assume they're not going to leave Caprizov off, off the power play and that his line is actually uh, going to be on the PP, him and Zuccarello and Rask. But honestly, like that doesn't really change a whole lot for me. Like the Los Angeles Kings uh, don't really take a ton of penalties. They're nearly the bottom of the third of the league in that regard. Uh, and like I said, with penalties going up or with power plays increasing, power play score increasing, um, those penalties are very important. Uh, Not only that, the power, their penalty kill isn't like super bad. Um, Right now they're sitting at uh, 6.8 expected goals against, which is about the middle of the league. So like, this isn't like a smash spot for the Minnesota power play. And it's not like the Minnesota power play is something that uh, we're (laughs) super stoked uh, to play anyway. So uh, I'm pretty out on the Minnesota depth lines, honestly, for me, I would take the chance on Minnesota one here tonight. I'm probably like, I think I'm going single line tonight. I don't think, I don't think I'm going to play Minnesota, but uh, Minnesota one is the line that's going to be in the mix for me. And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to, I would do it on the prayer on the hope that air, um, the Erickson Fiala line that they're going to maintain uh, the matching that they had when they were at home a month ago. And that would be putting out uh, their third line up against the top line, because if they do that, then that would be uh, Minnesota's top line is going to be going out against the third and fourth lines from Los Angeles and they are just complete garbage. Uh, Now I want to like really reiterate and make sure everybody knows this, that this is just kind of a a gut feeling and a little bit of a gamble on my part. Uh, We're more or less expecting the Eric Eck line to match up against Kopitar. I'm just saying if they don't, they are in probably the best matchup on the entire slate. So, Like, I think it's worth, like, if you're MME, it is absolutely worth uh, getting a fair bit of Minnesota. Uh, We have uh, their ownership out. We don't have them as a good leverage spot right now. Uh, I think their ownership's come up a little bit. So uh, that's one thing to watch on, is watch on ownership and see if that might drop through the day, because, uh, you know, if that line's 20% owned, then no, I'm not going to play them. But if they're, you know, 10 to 15% owned, then I think that becomes a much more interesting conversation. So for me, if I was playing Minnesota, I would be on the top line uh, and add uh, Dumba or Brodeen in with them. Cause those were the guys running the power play with them uh, in their last game. But I'm with you back on LA too. Like we said, they have good numbers together this year. We're up to, uh, you know, about five or six games worth of ice time. They're, uh, they're controlling the play, which is nice to see. So yeah, right back there. Now, at the same token, by the same token of playing Minnesota one in, in the hopes that they don't get the Kopitar line, I think you playing the Kopitar line in the hopes that they don't get the Eriksson eck line would also be a good move because going into Parise Hartman and yeah, Felino is a really good two way winger. Hartman's not bad. Parise just he's like he's getting too old. So um, I think if they do decide to go back to their old matchups, uh, it would be a good matchup for uh, the Minnesota top or for the Los Angeles top line. And we have them as a better leverage spot here. You know, they're fully correlated on the power play. Uh, Minnesota is one of the most penalized teams in the league. They're sitting sixth right now for penalties or time shorthanded per game. So, um, you know, I think, I think people are going to focus on the depth here. Uh, because there are expensive stacks elsewhere that they want to use. So I think that would kind of make me want to use the top lines a little bit more. So that's kind of where I'm at on this game. Like, as far as defenseman goes, I don't know what to do with Minnesota, man, because, like, okay, Brodeen and Dumba played, like, 24 minutes last game, but it feels like they just have a top four of Brodeen, Dumba, Spurgeon, Suter, and it's just whoever's playing well is going to play 24 minutes. Whoever's not is going to play 20, and good luck guessing who's going to go off on a given night
1: yeah i agree with you I, I just they're one of those teams kind of like the islanders were a few years ago it's like i just want to avoid their d-man d-man because you just don't know where it's going to come from and uh so i mean if if i had to put in anyone it's probably just going to be dumba just because like i like his peripheral so if you had to choose one it'll probably be dumba uh if you assume spurgeon's on the top power play, i like spurgeon over suitor so like if I had a rank i might probably go Dumba, Spurgeon suit or Brodeen. But like that could flip flop mid game and is if someone takes a bad penalty, it, it's just it's something that I kinda want to avoid if I if I can. You know, if I'm using Minnesota, yeah, I want to try to get the guy who's on the top power play, but so for me, uh Dumba or, you know, just probably fade. And on the King side, if you're using LA two, I want um, you know, you could put in Dowdy and you get the Dowdy Kempe power play one, but um I think it's – uh, is it Roy or Wah? I, I think know. it's
2: I think it's Roy with him. Yeah.
1: yeah, Matt Roy. Like, I think he's on PowerPoint, too. He's thirty He's been playing 21, 22 minutes the past few nights. So, I think you can put him in with uh, velardi and Carter. Uh, if you want someone mid-priced, Sean Walker I think is okay. Uh, Ole Mata, 2,900, it's okay. I mean, I'd rather use, like, a Walker or Roy or a Mata way more than I want to use, like, Jack Johnson or, like, something like that. So – I kind of like punting the Kings defenseman tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Matta because he's been kind of in the doghouse all year for them, Uh, down on the third-player pair, often playing like 14, 15 minutes. He was back on the top pair with Drew Doughty in their last game, and he played 25 minutes. Uh, Didn't have any points, but he put up three shots and a couple blocks. Um, You know, for his career, he's been good for close to two blocks a game. If he's going to play 25 minutes on the top pair with Drew Doughty, um, I don't mind Mata of sub-3K over on DraftKings as a one-off defenseman. Uh, All right, the goalies. You mentioned Peterson, um, Peterson or Quick, uh, whoever starts. They actually haven't priced the same price tonight on DraftKings, which is nice. You don't have to worry about uh, having salary for the swap. Uh, So you said you like Peterson. Is he your number one goalie on this slate?
1: I'm kind of up in the air. Like, it depends on my bill. Cause I like Kakanen too. Like if I'm not going to, if I'm not going to have Kings in my lineup.
2: Yeah, oh, Talbot's, Talbot's starting, yeah, they Talbot
1: starting. Yeah. Talbot's what? 8,200. Yeah. that t- Kind of takes me off him. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you, if you want to correlate Talbot, I think that's fine. But, uh, Peterson is that de- or quick, even if it's quick, I think I would definitely put him in consideration as a one-off goalie. I'd, um, not totally correlating on the slate. Like, yeah, if I need to go to Yorgiev, I'm going to hold my breath and do it. But like, I like the Kings goalie as a, definitely a better GPP option.
2: Yeah. And, um, and there are, if you want to correlate a cheap defenseman with them, like we said, there are guys like Roy and Mata that you can throw in uh, and that'll just, you know, that'll give you like a 10 K goalie defenseman uh, tandem. And then you can go ahead and build the rest of your stack. All right, uh, I agree with you on uh, Peterson. I might have, I might have, I might go to Talbot. Nah, probably not, because I'm not going to have Minnesota in my lineup tonight. So I'm with you on Peterson. All right. Uh, before we jump to our final game, uh, just kind of want to remind everybody that we're giving away free stuff uh, pretty much daily here over at Awesome-O. Uh We just cannot stop giving stuff away. Uh, today, today, like we do uh, every day, we have free premium content up on the, up on the site. So uh, you've heard us talking about uh, ownership, um, Nathan McKinnon over 40% already. If you want to check out the ownership for yourself, uh, head on over to Osmo.com. We have free NHL ownership projections today. We also have free NBA player rankings, and we have UFC pro plays available for fight night this weekend. So... Uh, if you want some NHL, NBA, or UFC uh, free content, head on over to Osmo.com uh, and check out what we have to offer. Uh, we're, and we're almost at 30,000 followers at our main Twitter account. So if you could, if you're not following us yet uh, on Twitter, head on over to Osmo underscore com and follow us on Twitter. Once we get to 35,000 followers, we're going to give away 30 free weekly passers uh, to one of those 30,000 followers. So if you're not following yet, and you want a shot at a free weekly pass, head on over to awesomeo underscore over on Twitter. And give it a follow. All right. Final game of the night. Maybe the most important game of the night. I guess they're all important on three game slates. You can't just say one's more important than the other. We have the Colorado Avalanche 3.0 implied goal total going into Arizona to face the Coyotes with a 2.4 implied goal total. Uh, Hunter Miska starting for Miska Miska, starting for, uh, the Miska Miska lady is starting for Colorado. Uh, Arizona looks like they're going with Aiden Hill. So we have a battle of third string goalies here tonight. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, Brandon Saad looks like he's going to be back for Colorado, but we didn't get lineups. All we know is that they said he's going to be back and Matt Calvert's going back to the fourth line. Uh, so whether Saad goes back in the second line or Jonas Donskoys is on the third line or whatever, we still don't have complete clarification. Uh, for Arizona, they jumbled their lines again for the second game in a row last game. For the second game in a row last game, they came back from 3 nothing to win 4-3. So I can't imagine that they're going to go back to the lineups that put them down 3 nothing in back-to-back games. Uh you know, with some Colorado depth uncertainty, you know, we have Colorado one, at least we know that. We have Colorado one set, locked, and loaded. We don't quite know what the second or third lines might look like. We don't exactly know what Arizona is going to look like. So, Josh, good luck breaking this one down, bud. Okay. So, like,
1: okay, let me try to, to dive through some Arizona stuff here. So, the the combo that you – I'm not going to say no for sure, but you're going to assume that they're together. You're going to be Schmaltz and Garland. And even though they did mix them up, I think in game, like Arizona lions went absolutely bananas. Like they were just full blender. You just have to assume that Schmaltz and Garland are going to be together, at least to start, you don't know if Keller is going to be there. It could be Kajula. It could be, it could be anyone really. I mean, and the problem is, there's no – the beat writers don't really give you any info, so you got to rely off, like, the, the team feed with
2: three minutes before the game walks. Um, <clears throat> oh, just – I just want to cut you off real quick, Josh. Uh, Saul sent us in chat that right before we hit the air, uh, they did send out lines. Sad, Kadri, Donskoy, Burkowski, Konfer, and Okay. So that –
1: that's – helps clarify Colorado a little bit. Arizona's still a mess here. So, like, all I could do is, like, with the matchups, you, you kind of go off how their lines were, right? So, like, at home, for whatever reason, they like to send out the Dvorak line against the top comp, right? So, like, I think that's why, like, Colorado th- – that's one of the reasons why Colorado 1 is going to be super popular. Also, it's, you know, Aiden Hill, Right. So, and they're cheaper than Boston one. So I think if you're going to go to Colorado one tonight, there's a couple things that with the premise that you're concerned about ownership, right? So there's a couple things you can do here. You can full stack them, but I think that's going to be the most popular route. You can full stack them with Makar and it gets a little bit tougher to to fill in. You just have to differentiate yourself from the secondary stack. You can full power play stack, right? With Kadri and Makar. I think that gets a little less popular. I mean, Kadri is, is reasonably priced. So it doesn't like totally hamper your lineup or you can start doing combos. Like you can double center, do like McKinnon with Kadri and Ramsen, McKinnon with Kadri and Laniscog. You can put McCarr in those combos. You can leave them off. But like, if, if I'm going to do anything with the power play, I'm going to try to get McCarr. in just because like McCarr on his own really isn't going to do much. Right. So like, if you think Colorado is going to go off on the power play, there's a good chance that McCarr is going to go off with them. Right. So like if, if you think they're going to not do much and you're still going to want off McCarr doesn't make sense because he's kind of like power play dependent in that sense. Like if McCarr is going to have a multi-point game, it's going to be for the power play. So I think the, the easiest route for everyone, like even when I was building lineups is just to put in Colorado one and then move on, but that's going to be the most popular. So I think mixing in cadre, mixing in McCarr, um, having all five is a way to differentiate yourself a bit with Colorado. Um, I kind of like this third line, like Comfort, Burakovsky, and Nishushkin as a filler if you're going to fade, you know, the top line of Colorado. Um, you just hope they're going to avoid the Schmaltz-Garland line. I don't know the lines completely, but if they, if they go into the Broussard line at all or the Dvorak line at all, that's a pretty favorable matchup for them. So for me, like Colorado power play – if I was mme I'd be over over the field with like full Colorado power play stacks. Um, be under the field as just the three-man of McKinnon, Rands, and Landeskog. And then I'd probably be over the field on the Colorado second line. I'd be over the field on Kadri And then on the Arizona side, like assuming it's Keller, Schmaltz, and Garland, and I'm not using those two lines, like the two big lines of Boston and Colorado, I think I would want some of them. But other than that, I'm really off on Arizona tonight.
2: Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning, like, the actual lines that they went to uh, in that last game. Um, they went to the top line of Schmaltz with Keller and Kajula, and then uh, Christian Dvorak between Kessel and Connor Garland, and then a third line of Broussard, Pitlick, uh, and Lawson Kraus. Like, I think, I think the Pitlick... Krauss Brassard line would take the top line from Colorado. If those hold, yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like, that feels like a real bad time for Arizona, which, and (laughs) I think that's probably why um, ownership is coming up throughout the day. Uh, It's climbed from like 26% to 40% for Nathan McKinnon. Like, I think people are really starting to get, uh, you know, drawn more and more to the Colorado side. But you're right. Um, you, you have to get different with them. If it's a full six-man onslaught, maybe it's uh, you have to do that. Five-man power play stack, you know, three-man plus, you know, take off uh, uh, Makar and put in Graves or, or Taves or somebody instead. Uh, you're right that they are going to be so chalky um, that you can't just three-man plus Makar and then, you know, go look for, uh, you know, Kings 2 or um, – Minnesota. you know, even a cheap Boston, Boston to Minnesota to like, there's going to be so many of those lineups that um, you're definitely going to be duped. So you do have to get different with your Colorado line. You can't just three man plus I love that call. Um, the one thing that concerns me about this game is like neither team takes a ton of penalties, right? Like neither team top 10 by uh time shorthanded uh, Arizona, just slightly above by fewer than 0.2 penalties per game. Uh, Colorado, Colorado, just right on the border of average so like we might not get a ton of power plays out of this game so that's the one concern i have Uh, the other concern is we just don't really know what the arizona lines are going to be and it's a it's a last gate it's the last slate uh, of or the last game of the night there's no other games you can pick from so if if you go with schmaltz garland and keller and then all of a sudden you know keller's on line two and garland's on line three or something like that you don't have anywhere you can go at that point you're just mixing uh, an Arizona line and hope it works out. And I you know, I guess you can late swap and, and pray that it works, but I don't like to build my lineups <laughs> and assuming that I'm gonna have to late swap them later. That just means I built a bad lineup. So um I'm probably I'm probably out on Colorado in my one lineup, but I, I'll just reiterate that if you're gonna use them uh, make sure that you do get different. Add on Onslaught stack, drop off Makar and go to Taser Graves or something like that, I think. That's probably the route I would go. Um, on the Arizona side, like I'm out on the forwards, looking at the defensemen, um, Ilya Lubushkin. He's not a name that a lot of people would probably really recognize, but he's a name that people are going to need to know for tonight. <laughs> this is why. In 101 games, the guy is 130 block shots playing 13 minutes a game. Like, he's averaging well over a block shot per game playing almost no minutes. And right now, I think he's on the top pair with Oliver ekman Larson. Uh, he didn't play a ton of minutes in their last game, but he still put up two block shots in 14 minutes. So, like, if this guy gets even 17 or 18 minutes uh, – you know, especially against a Colorado team that likes to shoot, it puts that shot block bonus firmly in range. So make sure Lubushkin is actually in the lineup uh, tonight. Uh, if he's not, you can uh, you can swap to Nicholas Charlemonton. They're both mid price, so at least you have uh, an option there. But Lubushkin is is one of those cheap mid price guys that I like here tonight. Uh, I'm not paying 5200 for Oliver Ekman Larson. All of his numbers are just so bad this year. His shots, his ice time, everything down. So out on Ekman, Larson, Chikrin, if I'm playing uh, my Arizona power plays, but that's probably it. Like, honestly, I think my favorite defenseman, my favorite one-off defenseman in this entire game is Ryan Graves. Um, his price has come down a lot. He's not playing a ton of minutes. He's only playing like 18 or 19 a night, um, but he's shooting a ton. He leads their defense uh, in shots for 60 minutes. He's one of the team's, le- like the team's leaders, including their forwards, in shots per 60 minutes. Um, you know, if Arizona has a bad defensive game, he can put up, he can put up a shot bonus, uh, on his own in 20 minutes in 19, 18, 19, 20 minutes of ice time. So, uh, I do like Ryan Graves, uh, as a one-off, I do like him, you know, if you want to dump down, uh, your Colorado one lineups and get a little bit different from a car, I like using him there. Uh, I should mention Connor Timmons is out tonight. Uh, McDonald is in for him on the fourth line, but, or on the third pair, sorry, but it won't matter. He probably won't play a ton of minutes. He's not a guy worth rostering. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. I think, um, I don't think I'm going to take a line out of this game, uh, in my one lineup here tonight, but again, uh, if you're stacking Arizona, I would probably mix some sort of power play stack just because we don't really know what the lines are going to be. And you're probably going to have to late swap something. Uh, if you're stacking Colorado, uh, you do have to get different. So look for an onslaught stack, adding Kadri, adding a couple guys off the third line, uh, change your defenseman, do something a little bit different. What about the goalies? Uh, Hunter Miska, I don't know if people want to play him. 7,500 on the road. Aiden Hill, 7,100 at home. Which one do you like?
1: I think if you're going to fade the chalk right in Colorado and you want to get real spicy, like off Peterson and off Yorgiev, like you put Aiden Hill in there, he's going to be the lowest owned goalie I would imagine on the slate. You're going to leverage yourself against you know forty percent chalk McKinnon, right? If somehow he gets a shot, bone like normally, if this was like even a five six game slate, I'd say no, I'm out on Aiden Hill. But like this is a three game slate. There's the cheap goal is like Yorgiev's definitely going to see ownership. Peterson and Quick are definitely going to see ownership. Aiden Hill's probably going to. Aiden Hill's probably going to you know not being a lot of people's lineups just because everyone's putting in Colorado. So like on a three game slate, if you really want to leverage the field and hope that like, I understand leverage doesn't completely work like that. Like he could still get like blown out of the water, but like if somehow he gets the shot bonus gives up three goals and sneaks out a win, like he's probably going to be in the, in the winning lineup tonight.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. And that's definitely, that's very good reason uh, to use him here on this slate. Um Not a whole lot else that uh, is really catching my eye from this game. I just want to mention, like, if people are hesitating on using Colorado 1 because they have, quote-unquote, like, bad numbers this year, like they haven't looked like Colorado 1, I just looked at their expected goal share from this year. Just this year, it's 64% with 3.3 expected goals for 60 minutes. Like, their numbers are still just, like, through the roof rate. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is shooting 3% at 5-on-5. What are you going to do? Like, that's going to turn itself around. Um, I hate, I don't like giving people more, uh, fuel to play an already super chalky line. Uh, but Colorado one has been flat out great this year. They're just not getting the bounces. And eventually once those bounces do start going your way, their way, uh, they are going to be an absolute menace. All right, let's, uh, quick review on the slate a little bit aside from Boston one and Colorado, Josh, Colorado one, Josh, which line do you like the best as a stack here tonight?
1: I think, um, I'm going to stay away from the filler lines just because we talked about the filler lines and they're going to, you know, be popular with the Bostons and the Colorado. So I think like I'm out on Rangers one, it's not going to be from that game. I think I'm with you a little bit here. Like if I'm MMEing and there's any chance that Joel Erickson Eckline's not going to see Kopitar, I think as long as their ownership is reasonable, I think both top lines, the Kings and the Wild, I think you can get a little spicy there.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm probably, in my one lineup, I'm probably going to go Minnesota 1. Um, even if their ownership is like 15% on a three-game slate, that's really not that bad. You There's enough differentiation elsewhere in your lineup. And where so many people are going to have Boston and Colorado, right, you won't have to get super unique with those Minnesota 1s because there just won't be that many people with them. There are going to be too many lineups uh, with Boston and Colorado. So, yeah, like Minnesota 1, um, as a one-off here, uh, one-off defenseman, one-off forward on this slate, uh, there are a lot of guys that I, I do like to use. I think for me today, it's going to be Jake DeBrusque. Um, like I said, I really like that matchup against the Rangers third line. Um, he has been shooting a fair bit of times this year. Um, he can be hot hot and cold, but like I said, that Rangers third line match is way too good. So I like Jake DeBrusque as a one-off. How about you?
1: Yeah, I think you can go to Kreider uh, coming off the hat trick. He might have a little bit of inflated ownership. But again, Jeff Carter, <laughs> baby, Jeff Carter, 2021. What are we doing? But like, yeah, he's, he's looking pretty good. So Jeff Carter, I think is a decent one off. I would want to avoid the Minnesota the second line as a one off just because those guys are going to have inflated ownership. And I definitely don't want to one off Victor Rask. Um, if you want to get weird, like, I don't mind Christian Dvorak. As a one-off, yep. he's gonna be on the top power play time. I yep. love me some Dvorak. Uh, Garland's expensive one-off, but uh, he's someone else I would go to as well.
2: Yep. Uh yeah, I like Christian Dvorak. He used him the other night. It actually kind of worked out for me. So I'm with you. We're both on Peterson here tonight. If you start, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Cal Peterson night. All uh, right, I love it. If, if it is
1: make um, like I still be there too.
2: <laughs> yeah, it could be. So just watch for the Los Angeles goalie. That's going to do it uh, for us here today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, before you head out, if you could, uh, please make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, if you're not able to watch our shows on YouTube, they're all up on the Osmo Podcast Network. So head to osmo.com podcast to check out our latest pods. Leave a five-star review for a chance to win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Good luck tonight, everybody, and let's win some money. See you tomorrow.